You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek, and I finally made it back to Ocala, Florida. I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 21st, episode 3208, brought to you today by Kem and Equine. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, we are back home, and on today's show, we're going to be joined by Auditor Delia, who's going to join us to talk about the movement. We'll catch up with her, see what she thought of it over the weekend. Jamie and I will chat a bit about it as well, and maybe in the post-show, we'll talk some more about it. Dr. Brooks is here, and she caught up with Coach Jen, and they discussed gene expression. I have no idea what that is. We'll find out. (laughs) I don't either. I asked her today, I said, uh, what's gene expression? And Jennifer went, you have to listen to it. I don't even think I can explain it after. So (laughs) if somebody can explain it to us after, let us know. Uh, But I know it's about genes, Uh, not the kind you wear. Plus, we have some weird news. Yeah? No? Maybe one or two. Okay, good. Maybe one or two. All right. Uh, You remember how when the World Equestrian Center was really announced on our show, when when Robbie Roberts came on and said, we're going to build this thing? Yeah. And we then said, you know, when you build a billion-dollar facility in Ocala, Florida, it's going to force the competition to up their game. Yep. And we have we've said that since he announced it on our show and we have seen it in Wellington now they're putting like 150 million dollars in the infrastructure in Wellington. We have seen hits the hits showgrounds put millions of dollars into all of their showgrounds. Try on put more money in to try and improve and now the Kentucky Horse Park. What is one thing that's been around the Kentucky Horse Park for a long time and uh, then the competitors used to complain about? The stalls. Oh gosh! The I mean, uh, I was like, "Where do you want me to start?" <laughs> the stalls. I, I mean, I love the horse park, but yeah, it is not a very like when I went to the makeover. Everybody is talking about having to bring rubber mats because stalls are so small and they're on concrete, and just you'd have to put like fifteen bags of shavings, and it was yep. really tough. And the doors never close. Yep, that's it. The stalls. They've been there probably since the horse park was built. Um, well. They're, this fall, they're going to build two 100-stall pavilions that combine shed row and center aisles. They also will be very high, and they'll have the proper fan ventilation, which those don't have either. Uh, and it gets hot in Kentucky. Uh, well, it does, and too, like the sun comes up on one side and heats that side of the barn, and then it goes down on the other side and heats that side of the barn. So you're either standing in full sun, you know, or your stall walls are hot, you know. The other thing it didn't have was restrooms. You have to walk a mile. You used to have to walk a mile to go to the bathroom or they had porta potties out. But th- these are going to include restrooms, wash racks, and muck pits uh, so that you don't have to walk as far to dump your manure. Oh, my or, gosh. So. That's great because you literally drag your manure <laughs> yes, like yes. nine miles. Yes. So they're doing two 100-stall pavilions. So at least that's a start. I'm not sure that's enough, but it's a start. Uh, and the Kentucky Horse Park is upping its game. Do you think... Any of these upgrades to any of these places we would have talked about would have happened if we didn't have the billion-dollar facility here in Ocala. 
Oh. It definitely added some competition. Yeah, definitely. Hey, also, the singer uh, Lainey Wilson, did you see that video? I don't think so. So last, I think it was last night or uh it was June the 17th. She was playing at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. And a little girl named Finley had a sign that read, Laney, my dad bet me a pony if I could get on stage at my first ever country concert. Well, uh, Laney saw that and asked Finley to come up, who broke into tears. She looked like she was maybe six or seven. Oh. She broke into tears because now her dad has to buy her pony. <laughs> so. She's getting a pony! <laughs> uh, and uh, Lainey hugged her, and she signed the poster. It was so cute. And now there's about uh, 40,000 witnesses, and this dad's under pressure to buy the pony. Now, I don't know if the dad bit, did buy the pony, but... Uh, I don't think he can get out of this one now. You better buy a dang pony, man. <laughs> it was the cutest thing, and Lainey was so good about it. And the girl was dressed as a cat, little cowgirl. She had her cowgirl hat and her cowgirl skirt. She was totally decked out. It was so cute. You have to find that and watch it. It was it was very cute. Oh, well, give me a little goosebumps. <laughs> All right, Daily Winnie time. We have one auditor birthday today, and that's Karina Marote. Happy birthday to Karina. And also, guess what? We have a new auditor, Nicole Blinko. And Nicole, welcome. We're so glad you decided to help support the network, help support uh, the hosts here at Horse Radio Network. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we get another one this week. If you've been on the fence, we too will read your name next week. If you join up, just go to horsesinthemorning.com, click on the auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the super secret uh, Facebook page where all of the magic happens. Well, an amazing weekend for sure at Flag is Up Farm. And I just wanted to give my daily Winnie to, gosh, the person who makes it all happen, Debbie Lauk. She's just, just, I mean, a visionary as far as like how to get things done, what we can do and how to make them happen. And uh, also to the fact that she now bought the farm from her parents, from Monty and Pat Roberts and owns it now. And you know, they live, Monty and Pat live up in the big house, but she needed to have a place for her and her husband to live. So built um, kind of like adjacent to the office uh, that's down below her house. So what does she do when Glenn and I are coming? She gives it to us. <laughs> it's like the Horse Radio Network headquarters. So I do appreciate her putting us up. And uh, yeah, by the way, I was in a different room across the building and I could hear Glenn snore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, we also got to hang out with Jared Rogerson, and it, he, you know, if you if you don't know of him, you haven't been listening to the show for very long. He's a terrific uh, musician, songwriter, and we play his music all the time. His favorite for everybody is "Peace, Love, and Horses," and he did a little concert for us on Friday night. Well, there maybe about fifty of us there, and it was terrific. It was so much fun to see him play in person, and the sound system they had was really good. Uh, and then we we did backup, didn't we, on one song for him? I, I said he, he started playing Country Road. Like he played all original songs, but the last song he played was Country Road by John Denver. And I turned to Glenn and I was like, oh, I know the harmony for this part. We should go sing it. And Glenn's like, 
And I expected him to be like, please sit down. Like, just please don't embarrass yourself. And Glenn was like, let's go. <laughs> I had had a little to drink by that point. Uh, <laughs> Glenn had been drinking some wine, not going to lie. Uh, so we ran up on stage well, and know, ended up. I know all the words to that because Jennifer's favorite artist is John Denver. And she plays John Denver all the time. We have seen the, the fake John Denver guy that's going around, you know, does John Denver concerts. We have seen him about five times when he comes to Ocala. So I knew all the words. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. So Debbie did a great job. Jared is a super nice guy. And uh, I'm so glad he was able to make it and and play. We had a lot of fun. The whole weekend was just awesome. You know, one of the things that happened that, that never that you and I don't ever get to do is, one, we got to hang out with Jared and just talk after the concert and just hang out with him, right? And we right. I had never met him before in person. We talked to him 10 times on the show. Yeah, I realize he and I have been friends for 13 years, and I've met him once. I like, had lunch with him one time. And I, so I must tell you that as a person, like, I love his music, and it's all, it's, it's country music, but it's like cowboy or horse themed country music, which how do you not love that? So, um, I, he started playing and I was like, please don't suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've only heard his records. I've never seen him play live. And here I'm like, call this guy, have this guy come up and play. And he got up to the stage and I was like, Oh, thank God. I actually like uh, it better live to be honest. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. He got to hear more of the stories. He sounded fantastic. Uh, and if you, you know, we did, if a- you, well, real quick, yeah. just, to, just to help him and support him, um, if you go to Spotify, go to Spotify and download his channel or just put him on your channels. Spotify is free and it just, you know, you hear some ads and stuff, but you can just blast his music and he gets money for those. So that's kind of how you support your local smaller artists nowadays is you either buy their songs or you can play them on Spotify. That's the easiest way. Follow his YouTube channel as well. Jared Rogerson. I'll dig out. We did a, you did a one-on-one with him years ago. Well, I think the sound was pretty good on. So I'll dig that out. Maybe I'll re I'll drop that as a special bonus episode in the horses in the morning feed. Uh, because it really talked about his life. He was a bull rider, bronc rider, and, you know, he just had a fascinating life. And I don't remember. I probably life. should have listened to that before <laughs> I talked to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he is absolutely fascinating. But then the other thing that happened is you and I got to just hang out and talk, and we never do that. I do I not know. remember the last time we got to just be together and just talking about life and just all kinds of stuff. We just don't get yeah. to do that. I even made Glenn take me to a tech shop. On Sunday. And I went voluntarily. <laughs> have you, know, you got new boots. I mean, you, you shopped. Yeah, you didn't buy anything. But I will admit, I cannot, I have to say this to maintain my horse husband reputation. By Sunday afternoon, after watching, what, three or four days of horse training, I was done. So I went and <laughs> rented an electric bike and drove all a road all over Solvang. That was so much fun. I had a good time doing that. I needed some non-horse therapy there in the afternoon. Me and about 50,000 tourists in Solvang. It's <laughs> crazy busy. But let's hear from Kem and Equine, our title sponsor for today. And then let's talk more about the movement with somebody, one of our terrific auditors, Delia, who was there. And let's see what she thought. We've had no shortage of stress this past year, and a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel and trailering can throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? 
By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health and immunity, performance, and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propanate on the market today, ChemTrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about ChemTrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. That's Kemen, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash Chromium EQ. One of the fun things about the movement this year, uh, like like last year as well, is the large amount of auditors and listeners that come. And one of them is Delia. And Delia is joining us uh, on the show now who actually is in the barn at work. So you'll probably hear some horse crashes are you okay <laughs> yeah they're just cross ties <laughs> <laughs> how's it going uh it's going good kind of hot yeah not too bad how are you guys oh good so so talk to us about your experience at the movement yeah so the movement was absolutely phenomenal um i had never been out to monty's place before but just like from the podcast and everything, I heard all about it and it just sounded like an awesome experience that I had to get to. And just seeing Monty like work with all the horses, especially the Mustangs, was just like awe-inspiring to say the least. It was really cool. A little backstory. Um, Monty, we kind of had some different uh, demos that we wanted to do and and show everybody a little bit about you know join up and long lining and we're gentling wild horses we had some pretty wild mustangs out there um, we did some mounting block lesson there was an education on working equitation and also at, and Monty and Pat rode and their reigning horses and so we did we got to to demonstrate a lot of different things what do you think when you were going to the movement what were some of your expectations. Um, I honestly, I don't think I had any like giant expectations. Obviously seeing Monty do a join up would have been one of them. But other than that, I was really just hoping to kind of just see awesome horse connections with like Monty, you, uh, Will Friday, who did the Masterson method and, um, just kind of expand that kind of knowledge of what horses can do for us and what we can do for them. So how do you think, how do you think it went? What, let's start with what were some of the favorite parts of it for you? I mean, besides um, having dinner and hanging out with me. <laughs> so, I mean, that so was, that. that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of my, let's see, just one favorite part. I have a couple, but, um, you're not limited think, to one. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, when Monty was working with that one black Philly Mustang mm-hmm. and um, just seeing him, like, cause there are lots of moments where, you know, like if I were in his shoes, um, like I would like stop the training and like end there. But the way he just kind of like knew how to read the horses and kind of just go one step further, like go try and get another like scratch on the withers and stuff like that. Um, and then I think another awesome part was when you and a couple other, um, I think it was instructors were in the gentling pen with you 
and you had the hands-on gloves and then both the Mustangs just like loved it and started rolling around. That was really cool. Yeah, that was really nice. So there was a black filly that was as wild as they come. And so Monty, you know, he loves challenges like that. And you mentioned, you know, you know when to quit. What Monty has is a the most impeccable timing ever. So adding more doesn't stress the horse out because his timing is so good. So he was able to walk her around and touch her all over. It was pretty cool. Um, and she again was as wild, it seems as they come. And then the two that, that I got to work with are two little done geldings and, you know, wild, but not as hyper reactive as the black Philly that Monty worked with. And yeah. So at one point, um, I'm having to pick up the feet and these horses have been standing on these rubber mats. So they're covered in poo. Did you see how much poo was on these horses? Your hand was black. Yeah. I'm having to like <laughs> run my hand down this, like in the wet poo to like, you <laughs> just have its foot picked up and I'm running my hand down, running my hand down. And it's just like getting covered. I get all the feet picked up and then what is somebody, Debbie's like, I have some hands on gloves if you want to. And I'm like, <laughs> Now you couldn't have now done you this say that. five minutes ago. <laughs> so yeah, I did then put these hands on gloves and sometimes, you know, like the light touches on the horses tend to be a pretty, they get really reactive. But a lot of times when you take your hand, you really push it into a horse. They appreciate it. And th- that was a commercial for hands on gloves for sure. These wild horses just all of a sudden like, Oh my God, scratch me. Hey, can yeah, I tell you? Awesome. Can I talk about what was my favorite? Because I think Delia will probably agree too. I love seeing Jamie your long lining lesson, um, and I love seeing how far you got with that. You even surprised yourself, I think, a little bit. But you got so far with that horse who hadn't done some of the things before, like jumping an actual jump at the end while long lining. It, it was that was amazing to me, partly because I'm a carriage driver and we long line everything before we drive them. Right, so you're spending a lot of time long lining your horses, and I just that blew me away. What you were able to do at the end there, and and you, we have a saying. Here, when we host a show and do interviews, we have a joke that we do, one question too many. So, And you guys hear it probably when we ask one question too many of a guest when we should have quit. And Jamie went at one question too many with that horse, but she won. So <laughs> it ended very well. Yeah. It Could was have gone cool. a disaster, but it I didn't. Mean, I'd, <laughs> I'd never seen this horse before, and you know, I take it out to do this obstacle course, and and it, and I'm, I've got like a jump set, a just tiny little cross rail setup. I've got like some truck poles and cones and all this, and I take it out, and the horse sees a pole on the ground, it wouldn't go over a pole, and I was like. Oh crap. It's <laughs> like this might be a disaster. But ended up, yeah, like taking him around. And so I actually asked for volunteers and Delia came out and longlined him for me uh as well after we put him through all the things and then I'm like, hey, I was Dale, so proud here. of you, Delia, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I I've totally honestly forgot about that part, but that's also one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of horses, but yeah, so you know, long lined and, and you did great. I know you, you clearly had had experience because most people fumble uh, the lines as I did for a long time. Uh, but to, well, to I, have, I did ground drive before. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So same, same, same concept, uh, ground drive, yeah. long lining. And then I was like, Hey, Delia, stay out here for me, be my jump crew. And, and I, I, you know, I wouldn't have done that, but I said to the, said to y'all, like, 
probably I should quit here. But Monty Roberts is up there and I got to try to impress him. And I was like, this could either go in my head. I'm like, this could go really and well. Monty or- made a comment like, I don't know if I'd do that or something. It was something <laughs> to that effect when you were doing the last job. Yeah. And then the horse ends up, you know, uh, after crashing it a few times, jumps it beautifully. And so that's when I quit. But it was, it was so fun. And somebody said to me, like, would you do this to a horse you're teaching to jump? And I was like, hell yeah, man. I don't want them to crash it with me on them. I want them to learn where their feet are first. And it's a super fun exercise to do when you're teaching a horse to to start to use their body over fences. But yeah, I, that probably, that's that should have been about three sessions, not one. But you know what? I had... I had I had an audience. You had an audience. <laughs> That's what it could have been. And hey, to. it worked well. So, yeah, you, you made some friends and fellow auditors too. I did. Yeah, this was my first auditor meetup, and I was like super excited, but also super nervous that everybody would hate me and I wouldn't have any friends over the weekend. <laughs> but, um... I think that you're one of the most likable people I've ever met. I don't know why, oh. why you think that. That's just my brain likes to give me notions that aren't true. Um, (laughs) that wasn't a problem, was it? (laughs) No, it worked out really well. Everybody was so sweet. Gwen, actually one of the other, um, auditors, I was trying to get a shuttle down to, uh, LA from Solvang and all of them were booked. I couldn't find anything. Uber would have been like 150 bucks. And, uh, she ended up driving me all the way down to LA. Um, so yeah, definitely. She wasn't going to LA. She was going the complete opposite direction, oh which my even more so. I was like, you're a godsend. So I PayPal'd her some uh, gas money and then some. Um, but yeah, no, everybody was awesome. And especially dinner uh, Saturday night was a lot of fun to just sit and chat with all y'all. Well, yeah. I got up at 3.30 in the morning to take Jamie to the airport. So yeah. I, think, I think whoever the auditor Oof. was and I deserve a medal. Let me do the daily winning sound again. I got to give Glenn a deal. So Glenn's flight was at one and mine was at five 30 and I, I, you can't get an Uber at three 30 in the morning from flag is up farm. It just doesn't happen. So Glenn volunteered to take me and, that's Let me tell you, sweet. the Santa Barbara airport's really empty at six in the morning. <laughs> oh, I thought. It's me and two other people. <laughs> Waiting on your flight at 1 p.m. So that was, yeah, that was, I should have given you my daily winning. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> it was, it was like, my daily, honor I to drive the celebrity to the airport. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Delia, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being there over the weekend. You were a highlight too for us. And we, I'm just so glad we got to meet you. And now you have to go back to work and uh, take care of those horses yeah well thank you guys it was awesome meeting you as well well as always we are brought to you by state line tack if you head on over to statelinetack.com you're going to see right now the headline at the top of the page is fly repellent fly spray we are certainly in that season and they have all kinds of fly repellent fly spray at discounted prices there for you what do you use now oh my gosh <laughs> so i mean i use equiderma that fly spray is the one that works here, but I also dress my horses. <laughs> they all have, and and what's happened is like, and this is why it's dangerous for me to go to Stateland Tag right now because I'm looking at all these cute fly sheets because like one fly sheet ripped, but the neck was okay. So I've got on Duke, I've got the neck from one. It's like a brown, and then I've got like a zebra stripe on his body, and then he's got like four different fly boots, <laughs> just like different colors. He looks like he's a big. He looks like a big mess out there. So I might have to uh, <clears throat> update my 
wardrobe. <laughs> I think Jennifer has like five different kinds of fly spray at the barn, and I always have to ask which one I'm supposed to use because apparently we use different fly sprays for different bugs, different whatever's oh. out at the time. And I know a lot of our listeners use EcoVet, right? And uh, they Stateline Tech has that. They have the Piranha. They have Farnum. They have SWAT. They have them all over there at StatelineTech.com, as well as all the sheets and fly boots and everything that Jamie was talking about. Plus, you might as well just buy five fly masks now, because if they're like Nigel, they'll be tearing up about one a week. So, it <laughs> doesn't matter. What, what I like to on. do is, I like to play this game with my horses. <clears throat> so, I put fly masks on them, and then, um, in about... 45 minutes, nobody's wearing one. Right. So then I get to go out and I get to walk around the pasture and, and try to them. find them. It's so fun. Sometimes I love that. Sometimes they're hanging on a fence. Sometimes they're buried in the dirt. <laughs> and I then love, the good I, ones are in a pile of poop. I worked one place and, and the guy told me, he goes, you know, your horse need for his fly mask? And I said, what? He goes, nails. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like, do they sell those at Steel and Tack? Probably not. I know. I want to staple them on Scooter's head because that's the only way they're going to stay on is if I staple them on. It's, it's a fun way. game. It's yeah. a fun game. Yeah. StatelineTack.com. The next guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. And our next guest is Dr. Brooks. And Coach Jen had a chance to catch up with her and talk about a topic called gene expression. So happy to welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Samantha Brooks. She's been on many times before. And if you put in Brooks in a search bar on Horses in the Morning's website, you'll see her different uh, interviews pop in. And she always has great information. She's at the University of Florida. And welcome back to the show, Dr. Brooks. Well, thank you so much. I'm always glad to come back. I was paging through an article. I tend to go down rabbit holes on the internet. And the topic of clones came up and what the article was talking about gene expression because genetically a clone is supposed to be exactly like what it was cloned from. And they were talking about gene expression expression and how they can end up looking different. And I thought genes were genes were genes. If your genes said that you had to have blue eyes, you had blue eyes, but apparently it's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it is just a little bit more complicated than that. And I get questions about clones all the time, all the time, because um, it, it can be it can be kind of confusing. Right. So so two cloned horses or dogs or whatever other animal, they have the same uh, nuclear DNA. So the same the same DNA sequence right in the center of the, the cell. A bit like a bit like identical twins, right? So okay. most of us have run into a pair of twins in our lifetime, and, and we might have known a pair of identical twins. Um, I've known a couple of them. And, and you might have noticed that even with identical twins, they share a lot of similarities. Their hair color is usually the same, their eye color, but they have subtle differences. Sometimes one will be just slightly taller than the other, and um, certainly they usually have personality differences, although Sometimes they have eerie similarities that way, too. Um, some of that is due to the, the interaction with the environment. So differences in growth rates, um, sometimes when you have a multiple pregnancy, uh, one, one baby will get a little bit more nutrition than the other ones, and that's an early maternal environment difference. Um, certainly in the case of cloned horses, they're usually 
going to going to go into different recipient mares for pregnancy, and different recipient mares have different uterine environments, so that can create some changes. And then, of course, you have things like like environment, so you can acquire scars, or you might have an illness that your twin doesn't have, and and those can definitely change things. I think I think where people one of the best examples of where um, folks can identify differences between cloned horses that that kind of confuse them is with um, spotting patterns and coat color. So you look at two cloned horses, two cloned chestnuts even, as one of the famous examples is, is a, an old reigning horse that was cloned, and they won't have exactly the same white markings, right? So one might have a big blaze, while the other one might have a just a little star. And how, how, the, how can that happen? <laughs> right, right. It starts to make your brain itch just a little bit. Um, so, so gene expression is the way that the genes are, are used. So, so if the genes are the master text, uh, the cell has to make individual little copies, just like you might take a reference book to the Xerox machine and, and make a bunch of copies of it. Like if you're making a copies of a test for a class or something like that. And then those copies go out into the cell and are used to make proteins and then on top of that, the timing of when those proteins are made are directed by some regulatory regions in the gene. So you've got some instructions on when and where to make those copies. And then on top of that, some of those proteins are actually for signaling molecules that will leave the cell and have to travel throughout the body. And that's where most of our changes in coat color actually arise, right? So pigment, the color that's in the hair and the coat of the horse, is made by specialized pigment-producing cells called melanocytes, making pigments kind of a dirty chemical process. So the, the best way to do that biologically is to have a specialized cell that just handles all the, the complex reactions there. Those cells all come in, in a developing embryo from one pool. They're so specialized, they're made essentially in sort of one spot of the embryo. And then later on, they go out and they cover the surface of the embryo and, and migrate into the skin. Um, kind of like, I, I like to make an analogy like um, paint running down a wall, right? So I, 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 was in, I was envisioning some outer space invasion in a Marvel comic. So, okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, they do. I mean, they see, they say these cells migrate, and they do. They 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 have little projections that come out the cell, and the cells themselves move through the body to go to their final destination in the skin. It's pretty cool. Um, but those cells start along in the developing embryo. They use a path along the spine of the the horse or the human or the mouse. And then, then they'll migrate down around the body. And the analogy I like to, to use is, is like um, a big old bucket of paint, right? Like as they migrate out, they're going to cover from top down, from the spine out to the extremities. Uh, so that means that, you know, if we're going to get white spotting, it's often at the extremities, right? So mm -hmm. the, the front of the, the face and the skull and the limbs. Okay. But on, yeah, on that path, so they all have the same roadmap, right? Like they all have the same genes. They know where they're supposed to go. They're getting signals, though, that are coming across cells. And just like if you drive the same path from home to work every day, 
you don't always cover exactly the same lanes. You don't always hit the same stoplights and you don't always end up in the same parking spot, right? Uh-huh. So when these cells start to make their migration, just like paint pouring down over the horse, sometimes the path is a little bit different every single time it happens. So even if they start with the same roadmap, little little environmental or, or things that are just due to chance will occur so that ultimately those cells end up in a slightly different spot every single time. So even in identical animals with the same set of directions, that, that exciting little game of chance still has an opportunity to play a role and, and change what the horse looks like. So, see if I get this right. So the things, the little, are they, is it cells or chemicals or molecules that are doing this migrating? Uh, yeah, the, the pigment cells. Pigment cells, so, okay. So yeah, the pigment cells. So mm-hmm. the pigment cells have to travel essentially from the sun to the outer edges of the universe, as far as the horse is concerned. <laughs> and on their way to their destination, subtle changes in the path to get there, taking the left lane on the interstate instead of the right lane, are what will cause two cloned horses. One will have a left front sock that comes to the pastern and the other will have a left front sock that comes to the pastern in the front and to the knee in the back. Yeah, okay. exactly. Exactly. Sometimes it is still just a game of chance. Right. And, and we know this, right? Like two identical twins, they are not their genes. <laughs> they can be true. different independent people. Um, and two cloned horses, the same way. They are not entirely just their genes. Are there other examples outside of cloning? Are there other examples where gene expression makes a difference in that you can have the same gene, but what we see could be different other than coat color and markings? Oh, gosh. You see, my favorite example is also coat color there, for sure. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so so in the, the genome, the 2.7 billion bases that encode our genome and horse genome, only about 3% code for the actual building blocks of genes, what we call the protein coding part. Just 3%. The other 97% of that enormous biological text, we don't fully understand. But in there, in written in codes that are complex enough that we can't fully understand them yet, are the instructions for how to regulate a gene, the when, the where, and the why that it should be used. So um, one, my favorite example is Tobiano, because lots of people have seen a Tobiano horse, and they're, they're tough to miss, right? Big white splotches all across the body in most of them. <clears throat> And um, in that case, the, the gene is called kit. It, it's important for helping to direct those cells as they do the pigment cells as they do their migration. The gene sequence itself is exactly the same, exactly the same. But a genetic variation has happened a little bit upstream of the gene that has sort of messed with that regulatory sequence as, and the, the instructions for how to use that gene have been disrupted. So the gene itself is identically the same, but the instructions on how to use it are just slightly different. As a result, some of those turn signals that are needed for those cells to make their migration get a little bit confused. And as a result, 
in the Tobiano horse, they seem to migrate almost at random. <laughs> they kind of end up in some places making big pools of color, and they are entirely absent from other places on the horse. Interesting. Um, in, yeah. So in the case of clones, there are some triggers for when the instructions that are used that can be altered by the environment. Um, and you do occasionally get some random sp- sp- spontaneous mutations that occur there that might just change how that gene is controlled and used rather than the sequence of the gene itself. So the sequence of the gene and the expression of the gene are two separate things. Now, are there, <clears throat> are there, ge- are, are there some genes that we can accurately predict how they will be expressed? Well, there are definitely some that we can predict better than others. <laughs> oh, well, that's um, interesting. I know. <laughs> this ma- this makes know, Jurassic Park so much pretty, more scary. <laughs> I know. Some of them have pretty complex sets of instructions. So, so to kind of give you another analogy, um, if you're a musician, right, you get, you get your, your printed sheet of music and it's got the staff and the notes on it. That printed sheet of music is pretty uniform most of the time, right? You just run off the copier and here it comes. Everybody's got but the same one. How, yep. Right, right. Everybody in the orchestra has the same one. But then how they play that music, even if they're all violins, two different violin players will play it slightly differently, right? Two different cells, they have a slightly different history. They're not as complex as whole humans, but they have a slightly different history and they're in a slightly different location in the body and they might use that gene or play that music in a slightly different way. And if you add up all those unique changes, in the end, the piece of music that you hear could be quite different, even though it came from the same, same sheet of music. <gasps> oh, this really does reinforce that whole every, every human, every living being is unique. Cloning oh, yes. or not. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are. We're all just a symphony of accidents, right? <laughs> wow, that, that's the the music analogy. That one started to make some real sense. Well, that's fascinating. Do you have? Could you recommend any um, online resource that might be useful to your average layperson if they want to jump into the genetics and genetic expression rabbit hole? Ooh, wow, that. That is tough. I'll tell you, my own website is woefully neglected at this point. Oh, but it's—I've so been there. It's not—it's not—it's great because you know you think it's neglected, but I think it's fascinating. What's your website? Uh, so my website is ufequinegenetics.org. And um, I've been there, people. And, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I will someday, someday, get it brought up to speed again. But I do have a link there. We have an online, what we call an extension short course. So being at a land-grant university, we are very proud of our extension service, where we, our job is to help communicate science to, to regular people. <laughs> Yay. Um, so we, I know, I, we try. We do have a short course on equine genetics. It starts with the basics. And we have a first and a first course and a second course. The third course is in development where we might talk about clones. Um, mm-hmm. But then I did also work on a book with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Ernie Bailey, called Horse Genetics. And we talked just a little bit about cloning in that book, too. Uh, and the name of the book again? Horse Genetics. Horse Genetics. Is it available at uh, like on Amazon Books and stuff? It is. It is. And I don't think there's an audio book yet. That'd be exciting. But there, there is an ebook and a print version. Perfect. So, website again is 
U.S. equinegenetics.org. And the name the equine genetics is all one word. There we go. And the name of the book? Horse Genetics. Horse Genetics. Perfect. Alien Brooks. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Dr. Brooks. No problem. You always bring me interesting questions. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today. DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yes, that is the time of the week where I just let you know that you're not so abnormal <laughs> or you're so normal, I guess, because these people are not normal or situations that happen to them are not normal. If you're ever reading the news, wherever you get it and you see a story that you're like, wow, that's super weird. Email it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Can I, just like what? Can I uh, interrupt here a second? Should we? You know, we had a lot of time to talk over the weekend. Um, should I tell them the news? I don't know what news you're talking about. Uh, the news about how we decided we're going to stop doing this show and we're changing careers. Oh, no. Yes. No, I, no, I don't. You, I think I don't we should tell them now. All right, go for it. All right. I know we, I know you've been postponing this and you didn't want to do it till later, but I think it, I think the listeners should I thought like a two weeks notice would be good. Well, okay. Well, we'll probably have a two weeks notice. Okay. Um, and I know that listeners have been listening to the show for 10 years are going to be very disappointed that Jamie and I decided to take up a new profession. And the new profession is we're going to become NBA mascots. <laughs> That's right. Because I saw how much NBA mascots make. Are you ready for this? Yeah. You know, put on a costume and dance around at a basketball court. By the way, I don't like basketball that much. But It's going to be can, tough for you. You think it'd be money hard earned. Yeah, but... I could I could settle. <laughs> so Hugo the Hornet for the Charlotte's Hornets makes a hundred grand a year to put on the Hornet outfit. Why he's a blue hornet, I'm not sure. Um Go the Gorilla for the Phoenix Suns. Now that one's gotta be hot. All of these are gonna be really hot, I would think. Uh it makes two hundred grand a year. 
Now, I'm sure they just do more than show up for games. They probably do, what, benefits and fundraisers and stuff like that, too. Benny the Bull for the Chicago Bulls. Are you ready? Makes four hundred grand a year. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the same as the president, by the way. Harry the Hawk from the Atlanta Hawks. Now, you got to put on a hawk outfit. By the way, the hawk is bright red. So, again, I don't quite get that one. Are you ready for this? Harry the Hawk, Atlanta Hawks. You used to live in Atlanta. Matter of fact, you worked for, didn't you work for the baseball team at one point? I worked for the Atlanta Braves, and I also used to do, when I worked on the radio, I would do halftime shows. Where, at, did you at ever the put NBA on the costume games. for the Braves? Oh, God, no. no. I remember at a Thrashers game, which was a hockey, I had to put on one of those sumo suits and go out and play <laughs> hockey in a sumo suit. Um, I, but I did a lot of games. As at, short as you are, you must have looked uh, like a bowling ball. <laughs> my, I, my hands I, I remember my hands didn't hold it. I couldn't hold the stick because my arms didn't reach all the way out. So I had my hands underneath my chin, like looking out the face hole. <laughs> well, like waved. Harry but the yeah, Hawk. I used to do the NBA halftime show. Game. Like I would do a contest at the halftime show again. They'd be like, hey, Jamie Massey from Star 94. Come on out. I'll do something. And they paid me an astronomical amount of money to do it, which is why I did it. I wouldn't do any of these things. Are for you free. being serious? You're not being sarcastic? It was. Oh, good no, money. I got paid. I got paid. <laughs> you yeah, it's make- pretty. As much as Harry the Hawk, though. No, probably not. 600K a year. Oh, my God. But he's not the highest paid. <laughs> I assume they're he's. It could be she's in there. I don't know. Rocky the Mountain Lion from the Denver Nuggets. $625,000 a year. I think you and I could suffer putting on that costume a couple Can nights I- a week. Can I point something out? Yeah. Are you done? Is that the highest paid That's one? That's the highest paid one. Yeah. Rocky. Do you know how much an NBA cheerleader makes per game? No. Per game. Do you want to guess? Uh, $1,000. 150 bucks. Oh my God. And these stupid mascot guys that walk around <laughs> not even showing their faces, not working out, not dancing. Don't all have to that. wear skippy little outfits. <laughs> NBA has got to be up front for something because they could. I mean, I, I would I would MC the halftime show at the Hawks games to like twelve people. <laughs> I mean, nobody was there. These guys are making millions and millions of dollars. I just don't get TV, it. I don't get it. TV, TV. But who watches Hawks games at home? <laughs> nobody. It never made sense to me. It never I know, made sense. I know. Well, there you go. All right. Well, seeing that these jobs are probably have applicants that, you know, probably 10, 20,000 applicants waiting for these jobs, I think maybe we'll have to stay where we are. You know what? Time. I'm afraid of people. I'm afraid of mascots anyway, so I don't want to be in it. I'm, I'm not taking the job. I'll do this. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I didn't get to tell you. Oh. All the people that sent okay. them because you jumped in too Sorry. soon. But I would like to thank Alicia. To say we're quitting. It was a good week. It was a good week for weird news. Alicia, Debbie, Sherry, Matt, Rosemary, Lindsay, Jenny, Allie, Laureen, Heather, Stephanie, Mary, April, and apparently Glenn. <laughs> he brought his own to the table. So thanks, you guys, for emailing me with your weird news stories. And those of you, multiple people, that sent me the story of the Harvard Medical School morgue manager named Cedric Lodge, who apparently was stolen, selling stolen body parts from Harvard. Um, I'm not going to get into that story because it just, it's a rabbit hole of weird people doing weird things. But if you want to learn about people selling that don't, you know what? I'm an organ donor. I'm okay with that. I don't think I'll ever donate my body to science because of this story. So you can look that one up on your own. 
Oh, I played it already, but we'll do it again. You have one job. Uh, okay, so bless her heart. This woman was driving down the road in San Antonio, and she sees this animal, and she's like, oh, my God, there's a lemur that got hit by, like, it looks like it's it's in like hit by a car or something. And so she gets out of her car and she's like, what is a lemur doing on the side of the road? And so she puts a towel over it and she like picks it up and cradles it and then puts it in her car with her. And apparently it woke up and it was not happy to be there. But what was a lemur? It should be like a tame lemur if it's going to be in San Antonio, Texas, like somebody's pet got out or something. So anyway, she ends up freaking out. It becomes what they said, quote, quickly became agitated. She had to jump out of her car, call 911, and um, <clears throat> it was not a lemur. Uh-huh. It turns out it's a ringtail, which is native to that area in Texas, and basically it's a um, a carnivore that is a member of the raccoon family. <laughs> she's probably lucky she's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> or Here, kitty, 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 or kitty. some disease. I, I got to see a, my first jackrabbit. At uh, Monty's. I have, oh, yeah. They're enormous. I, they're, they're, they are so weird looking. <laughs> yeah, really, they're huge. They really are weird looking. So, you know, there's a, a place um, called Grotto Pizza, and it is in... I'll get to it. So, uh, it's th- There's a pizza place, and I don't know where the town of Luz is, but um, yeah, I'm just supposed to know that, I guess. Anyway, so there's a pizza place called Grotto's Pizza, and the employees went to work in the morning and they uh, were going to, you know, open up shop. And so they go to open up shop and they're like, hey, who's that guy? They're like, I don't know. But why is he sleeping in the pizza place? I don't know. Why is he wearing uniform of employees? I don't know. Let's call the police. So it turns out this guy in the middle of the night broke in to Grotto's Pizza. No word on what he made himself, but apparently he helped himself to some items, including uniforms. So the guy breaks into a pizza place, puts on the uniform, presumably makes himself a pizza, eats until he's gorged himself, and falls asleep. (laughs) Pizza will do that to you. <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, carb overload. <laughs> so uh, the police were called and um, the police woke him up. Like, he didn't woke up after all that. But I guess, uh, and it took a few times. The p- troopers announced their presence. Hello, we're here. Nothing. They, like, <laughs> walk right up to him. Hey, what are you doing? And he said, he woke up after another announcement and at the time was wearing the Grotto Pizza polo shirt. And I, and I employee identified the polo shirt as what the employees wear and confirmed one has been removed from their inventory. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When you're stoned, you need food. And- <laughs> He's a new shirt. That's He's right. like, hey, nice shirt. <laughs> so By the way, Grotto Pizza's in Lou's, Delaware. Lewis, Delaware. Okay, it's Delaware. That might be our first Delaware appearance ever in Weird News. It might be. It might be. Well, thanks, Joe, for uh, falling (laughs) asleep in the Grotto Pizza uh, shop and letting us know about your crime. He was arrested. 
Okay, so this one is just funny, and you have to kind of see the video for it, but I'm going to describe it. So uh, we are going to go to New Hampshire this time. We're heading first, too, actually. I know, I know. So um, Melinda Scott, she owns the American Plate Glass Company, and I guess her employees were out working on something, and uh, she, she tweets this whole thing. American Plate Glass has a new employee this afternoon on our job site in Sunapee, New Hampshire. She wrote American plate glass employee, Joey Carter recalled that he and the team were finishing a job and moving tools back to the truck when they detected and noticed a new employee sitting in their truck in the passenger seat up like a human with his oh, arm hanging out the window, be a bear. giant black bear. <laughs> <laughs> and so Joey Carter ran up to the car and he's like, Hey, the bear's eating my nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Try to see how many times they say eating Joey's nuts. (laughs) That's why I liked it. Sorry. The bear sat there for five to 10 minutes. Carter said, eating my nuts and grabbed my cooler. Apparently he grabbed the bear, got climbed in the truck, sat in the passenger seat, grabbed Joey's cooler from underneath his paws, feet and pull up with cooler opened the cooler, reached in, got the bag of nuts, Joey's nuts, and opened the bag and was just sitting there popping them in his mouth in the passenger seat. And there's video. It's awesome. So um, they said, actually, he said, and this is probably what we would think, is he said he thought it was a human in a bear costume because of the human-like way he was sitting in the seat. <laughs> This is on this is on video. <laughs> Do you go up and shake his hand? <laughs> this is on video. Quote, one worker says, quote, it's a freaking black bear eating Joey's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Joey says, I was trying to be healthy and he's eating my nuts. <laughs> that just struck me as so funny. <laughs> Um, how funny. did they get the bear out of there? Apparently one person decided here's what they're going to do is they, cl- they got on the truck from the back and climbed up on the roof of the truck and started like playing drums on the roof of the truck. And that, um, they said, quote, the bear didn't like that. <laughs> I don't think I would have gotten that close to the truck. <laughs> no, he said, no, nobody felt like they they're were in much danger braver than we are. <laughs> they said they were 25 feet away from the truck. And I'm like, do you have fast bears run? (laughs) It's a really bad idea. Uh, He ended up getting out of the truck and then fell asleep at the tree next to the truck. They named him Barry. (laughs) And uh, I love the the, the last one. Of course, they have to add the leg last thing. Um, Scott noted jokingly that Barry has been terminated as an employee of American Plate Glass Company due to food stealing. (laughs) One more. One more. I just this I mean this happens in Oklahoma this is an Oklahoma story and I just felt like all of you need to know it's not a long story it's just you know I I feel like you know the presidential election I have a hard time with the presidential election coming up because I just don't relate to any of the people that are running for president but fear no more we have a new candidate who has put in his name and signed up to be has filed to be in the 2024 Democratic presidential primary ballot in Colorado. Why in Colorado instead of Oklahoma? 
because he's currently in prison there. (laughs) That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Cast your vote for Joe Exotic. He has now filed to be on the primary primary ballot in Colorado. That's right. And he says, quote, Yeah, I know I'm in federal prison, and you might think this is a joke, but it's not. I'd like y'all to, this is not a direct quote, but I said something to the effect of, just put aside my murder-for-hire conviction (laughs) and the fact that I had lots of boyfriends at once and that I tried to, you know, kill Carol Baskin. Put all that aside. He says that he has... (laughs) He finished his statement by saying that has nothing to do with his ability to be a voice for the voters. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Bring it home, Joe. (laughs) Well, we have another candidate that's running that might be in federal prison by that time, too. So who knows? We could could have Joe as his vice presidential running mate. Oh, my God. (laughs) Miracles can happen. Well, thank you, everybody that submitted. If you want to send your weird news, you can send it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Get your but, weird news today. By the way, there, there were a lot of really good ones. So if y'all don't submit them next week, I'll use some of the other ones. Again, Alicia, Debbie, Sherry, Matt, Rosemary, Lindsay, Jenny, Allie, Laureen, Heather, Stephanie, Mary, and April all sent them in. And um, I can even use some of them next week because they're just that good. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Auditors, hold on. We'll do a bit of a post-show today. And uh, tomorrow we have... The Kayla will be here with the Total Equa Health. It's all about rider health. She'll be here tomorrow to discuss that. And then we'll do some really bad ads on Friday. So get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. All right, spade neuter gallon, everybody. Get your job application ready, Glenn. And see you as the next Harry the Hawk. 